Welcome to the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast, the podcast for HVAC contractors who are ready to quit screwing around and begin growing their business. Powered by Rival Digital. On this show, you'll hear from industry leaders and become equipped with the tools and knowledge you need to build a world-class business. Now, here's your host, Eric Thomas. Hello again, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast. My name is Eric Thomas. I'm the host of the show. And today is February the 9th, which is also National Pizza Day. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Awesome. So we hope all of our listeners today uh, celebrate accordingly. And speaking of pizza, when you go to a pizza restaurant or when you go on Domino's website or... Uh, Papa John's or wherever you get your pizza from, you have options on there. You you want small, medium, large. You want to add toppings. Do you want to add a two liter of Sprite? Uh, There isn't this long process of how hungry are you on a scale of one to 10? How many people are you feeding? What's your budget? Stuff like that. You get three options, small, medium, or large. Do you want the garlic knots or not? You get a option and you choose based on your criteria. And Today in our episode, we're going to talk about how uh, how pizza and HVAC kind of are the same in a way. So our guest today, Danielle Putnam from the new flat rate. Danielle, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks, Eric. It's great to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So Danielle, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself for our listeners out there and tell them all about the new flat rate. Thanks for the opportunity and the question. And I love that you compared it to pizza because nobody has done that before. We talk about McDonald's. We talk about the car wash, never pizza. And so you are already so innovative and ahead of your time. All right. (laughs) My name is Danielle Putnam. I'm the president of the new flat rate. I was born and bred in the industry. My dad, his dad's uncles, my brothers, everybody, all contractors. And so I, I really feel like I'm honest when I say I was born and bred in the industry. That's the life that I know. And with the new flat rate, my dad and I started this company with the help of my brother, Matt, and sister Melody, of course. There's always more help than sometimes Mm -hmm. gets credit. Um, We started the new flat rate in 2011 to solve a pain. And the pain was all the sales pressure and resistance between technicians and customers in the homes trying to make more money. So often as an industry, we put the pressure on the technician and say, hey, you got to get those service tickets up. And that technician may or may not be a natural salesperson. You know, 20% of the techs out there are those superstars where they can bring home the bacon every day, but 80% want to do a great job and be proud of their craft. And uh, it's it's harder for them. They, they're not the salespeople and they shouldn't have to be. They're great craftsmen and we want to reward them for that. So in 2011, we started the new flat rate to solve that problem and to help contractors be more profitable so they could grow from a position of strength. Once there's cash in the bank, then they can spend more money on their marketing and on their systems and their employees and growing their business. So we are um, a menu pricing system. We went digital in 2017, turning into an app. We're in all 50 states and four provinces of Canada. And, uh, you know, we did extensive beta testing way back in the day when we got started, but that's not even relevant today. Today, we're just really proud to be serving the industry. Eric, last year, um, at the end of the year, we got voted the number one price, uh, retail pricing generator for this for the industry. Uh, number one. And we were really proud of that because we worked really, really hard. You know, we started in the garage like so many companies did, trying to solve a problem and trying to help an industry with something different and new. And so today 
our uh, companies using our system are seeing just astronomical numbers. Like it's almost like my marketing team's always like, that's too good to be true. We can't use those numbers. I'm like, but they're real. And so when people use our menu pricing system, customers, the homeowner always buys more than they could be sold. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of unpacking here because I know that this is a, I know this is definitely a trending topic uh, in the industry. So in your, I guess it's 11 years now, that y'all have been around. Yeah. How has, how has the conversation around menu pricing and flat rate pricing changed throughout the years? Oh man. You know, we're always evolving. You, us, everybody listening today, our company start as one thing and we have to evolve or die really. Right. And so we started by, we've evolved by what we say and how we say it. And, you know, well, we're an automatic selling system. Well, what's that? Well, we are, you know, uh, selling on the spot. Oh, what's that? Not only just that, we were a a printed price book, a really thick printed price book with all of our menu pages. And then we had a technician handbook guide that went with it. And so techs were lugging around these big old piles of paper and it was troublesome, expensive, difficult. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, we had to evolve and, and become a digital company and a software company. But we've also evolved with our offerings and simplifying, simplifying the process working on the scripting and the whole service call life cycle and equipment sales cycle. So over the course of 11 years, Eric, we're changing every day. Mm-hmm. Every single day. Yeah. I'm looking at y'all's website right now. Kind of like the, <clears throat> the difference between, I guess, old flat rate pricing and then obviously the new flat rate pricing. And I mean, it really speaks for itself. Um, Back in the day, it was more of a parts catalog, which is now Google, right? And so the customer, you go out and you do a diagnosis and then they just Google, oh, well, that part should be XYZ amount or it's not even Google today, it's Amazon. Well, on Amazon, I could get that for XYZ price. And so with the new flat rate, we really had to combat that objection before it happened. And so we've used what's called verbal packaging and we put it all in the customer terms. So it's not about parts, it's about systems. So every different option that a customer could choose, it's about the system that we could do today. And we do a lot of training and coaching, Eric. That happened by evolution too. Like we started as a, as a pricing company to help, you know, with the upselling in the home. But then somebody called and said, hey, can you come out to Minnesota and, you know, train us on site? Oh, well, yes, we can. And so then, of course, we started renting some rooms in the hotels, some little conference rooms and bringing people into Dalton, Georgia for training. And it wasn't long before we're like, wait a minute, we need a training room. And so then we had to buy a building and have a training room. And then again, you just continue to evolve. Today, we've got a really awesome state of the art, if that's even the way to call it, state of the art. I think there's cooler words than that. Um, But our, our training room, you know, we can put hundreds and hundreds of people online virtually and it's all interactive with the face recognition cameras and hundreds of mics in the ceiling. And so the live experience for the online audience versus the live in studio audience, is really cool and it can be really immersive. So we do a lot of training and coaching that we didn't see in the beginning. And we're very proud to be able to work with so many contractors and see the difference that, that together, you know, we're able to make. Yeah. I see a lot of stuff online now about, you know, pushing more technicians to be selling technicians. And it seems like with flat rate pricing, it kind of a little bit against like not against it, but kind of the opposite of it where now they don't have to be a selling technician. It's Mm -hmm. already, you know, it sells itself. That's what the power of the menu, right? So standard flat rate. So we were a price back in the day, like flat rate pricing, it used to be time and material. So to go way back down the timeline, there was time and material. Somebody goes out on the job. It's going to take X amount of hours. And there are still, it shocks us 50, 50 today. 
contractors that we talk to, some are still on time on material. And then they have to, they shift over to flat rate. And when they switch over to flat rate and discovering what their billable hour is and what they should be charging, it can be scary, but instantly they'll see an uptick in their pricing. And then the evolution to a menu is where we really began to see uh, removing the pressure from the technician to sell. The menu does the selling because it's all about just show the customer options. And today, Eric, that's what we all want as consumers. Like, just like you said with the pizza, you go in and you want the pizza that you want. And then, you know, whether it's shoes or cars, you want what you want as a consumer. And when you're able to see options right away, then you can choose a level of service that fits your budget without mm -hmm. having to feel pressured or backed into a corner. Yeah. We, uh, I've, I've got three kids. They're six, four, and almost two. And so that's three car seats, which is a pain. And when we had the third child, my husband's like, I had a, I had a little forerunner and it was, gosh, it was a 2002, you know, I had 300,000 oh, wow. miles and I loved that thing. I would have driven oh, yeah. it until it died. I mean, it was just so dang good. Right. And so I loved it and loved it. And then when we had our third child, my husband's like, we got to get something different. We need a third row. And he falls in love with this Mercedes GLS 450. And I was like, no, I'm not going to drive one of those cars. I'm not going to be that person driving in there. And I didn't want to drive some fancy car a lot. You know, I'm like, what will my employees think or whatever? So we start test driving cars. And of course, once you test drive one, you have to have one. Like I loved it. So we mm -hmm. buy this, this Mercedes and it's been wonderful. It's been two years now, but of course, uh, it has it has had some expensive repairs too. So now, fast forward, he's so sick of trying to cram three kids and three car seats into this little SUV. So now he's like, Danielle, we need a huge big SUV, the XL ones with the captain's chairs. And I'm like, oh, good golly. So we've been spending a lot of weekends driving around the car lots and with COVID inventory stuff. So we're trying to find an SUV with captain's chairs. We have two car seats in the front and then kid, bigger kids can walk through the back. I don't know if anybody listening understands my pain here, but when it comes to kids in car seats, it's just frustrating, always buckling them in. So when we pull up on the lots, you know, the salespeople are always like, well, what's your budget and this and that. And I'm like, I, I don't want to talk about budget. We just met, right? Yeah. I want I want to see options that will work for me. I want to see all of your XL vehicles that have captain's chairs. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, you could get the Escalade. You could get the Yukon. Thank you. And then, of course, my husband wants a Lincoln Navigator. And I'm like, no, why can't we just go back to the Forerunner? Yeah. <laughs> but, so we'll, we'll see. <laughs> and yeah. They're the best. They're the best. I'd go back yeah. in a minute. So we'll see what we end at what direction. But my point is, as a consumer, we want options that work for us and work for our budget without the pressure. Mm -hmm. yeah. Long story short. Yeah, no, that's that's a great story. And, uh, you know, it's very, you know, it, it goes hand in hand you know, selling, even selling system replacements, or like, if you call someone to come repair your furnace, you're not going to ask the homeowner, okay, what's your budget for this repair? The homeowner's going to be awkward. Like, yeah. How much can you afford for me to, to, you know, to fix your system? Yeah. They're going to say, this is what's wrong with it. Here are your options, you know, pick your poison. <laughs> and then, so what's great about the menu, Eric, is it's not about um, here is a flat rate price, take it or leave it. Like if you can't afford that price, then sorry, we can't do anything for you. Instead, it's here are all the different options. Here's five prices for a repair. Here's five prices for a system replacement automatically right there for you. And the bottom option, we work really hard to make it affordable. And so the mm -hmm. bottom option, they take a look, they're like, oh, okay, great. That fits my budget. I could get that. But they want more value. They want a better warranty. They mm -hmm. want the bells and whistles of the top. So 
80% of the time, customers move themselves up the options, yeah. which increases cash flow for the, for the contractor. Yeah. My mind always goes straight to marketing for anything. So like when I think about you have the options that you present to a particular homeowner, I would immediately be like, okay, what did that homeowner select? Because then I could gauge what his or her neighbors could also afford so that I could target yeah. their neighborhood with particular Brilliant. offers and advertisements for exactly what I think yeah. I would assume they would be interested in. You're so smart because that's what we're seeing. So we're seeing in the back end analytics that people can say, oh, because in, in our options, the bottom was the Band-Aid, bronze, silver, gold, and platinum. And so we're finding that, for example, homeowners that live near closer to schools, you know, they're silver and above, for example. And so you can find your market and your zip codes in your neighborhoods. And this neighborhood over here on the golf course, they're always platinum buyers. And that helps with the marketing. It also helps with the dispatching. And so, mm -hmm. okay, well, we can dispatch this technician to this Band-Aid customer or this platinum customer. He can only take one call today. Which one is he going to take? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it helps with, with all that. Yeah, and the technician already knows when they roll up to the house, like mm -hmm. what they should be expecting, especially if they've, you know, they've already serviced mm -hmm. a house or two near there, and they already know. Because a lot, you know, a lot of these uh, neighborhoods, especially in areas that are a little bit larger, a lot of neighborhoods were all developed at the same time by the same developer, yeah, with the same systems and the same yeah. network. And so, when one of them bites the dust, you can already assume when you go in there. Oh, okay, they've probably got a you know an old whatever system installed in two thousand and eight, mm -hmm. and they're probably going to need X, Y, and Z. So you already know what you're rolling up to. So true. And then you probably already coach and tell people to go ahead and walk, you know, three houses up, three houses down on both sides of the street, but things, you know, what I think is funny is when you're driving out through the country, have you ever noticed this? You'll be driving out through an old country road outside of your town in the middle of nowhere. And all of a sudden you'll see this flashy uh, green tin roof or metal roof. Right. And then the next house has this beautiful red roof and the next one has a beautiful silver roof. Like they all have these brand new tin metal roofs and all shiny mm -hmm. colors in the middle of nowhere. You're like, oh, some salesman had a great day. He just went door yeah. to door to door. Same That's thing. Right. So when it comes to pricing, what are, this is a conversation that we've been having a lot on the show. Uh, it seems like it's definitely a touchy subject. What are, what are y'all's thoughts or, you know, ideas around putting your pricing up front on your website? The industry is going there. Whether we like it or not, that's the direction people are going. And I'll tell you why. It's because customers are demanding convenience. So we have to give it to them whether we want it or not. We have to change and evolve as an industry and it's being driven by consumer demand. Like COVID really worked as a blessing and a curse when it comes to forcing businesses to evolve. Now I get so annoyed at the mall that I can't drive through and people carry out things that I want and just put it in my car because all the restaurants do now, right? You can go yeah. and you can click list or whatever, any restaurant, any food, but yet retail, retail doesn't do that yet. And so when it comes to consumers, we now want to know the price up front. We want to know how soon that our technician is going to be there. We want to be able to auto suggest, I mean, auto select our time that they're going to come to our house at a time that's convenient for us. And so that there, to me, there's no other way around it. Even though I like to say, no, don't put them up there, you know, because everybody's afraid of the price shopping. Well, there's creative ways to do that. You don't have to put every price up there. You can put ballparks or you can put, you know, of course, we all have our lead generating prices for different things. We've got our specials. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, you could put, hey, we've got premium products up to this. 
or we have, you know, basic economy down to this. But the the consumers are going to start demanding it more and more. So I see the future going in that direction. And you probably yeah. do too. Yeah. How have you seen, how have you guys seen contractors who are doing this, adapting to this already? How are you seeing them performing with, with sales? I wish I had a printout here in front of me and I'd show you. Um, an average contractor is leaving $1,200 a week on the table from all their service calls. And so everybody using our system is picking up that $1,200 a week. Um, mm -hmm. Average HVAC service ticket in the U.S. right now, I think, is $235. Using our system, is like $800 and something. Mm -hmm. So naturally, a lot of contractors did really well over the last two years. Um, economists are saying that this year is going to slowly start to turn down, and the next year, 2023, is going to be a normalization. They're going to call mm -hmm. it a down year, but it's really just a normalization um, you know, with spending and things. But so, so my point is contractors have been making more money in general, but contractors using the new flat rate are tripling their service tickets. So we're, we, we're, we couldn't be happier for them, but it's yeah. all about the power of the menu. It's all about removing sales resistance. It's all about giving the customer the convenience of options and letting them choose based on the budget that they want. So of course, sometimes they might want a higher option. And so you need some financing for that. And that's okay. That's great. Finance yeah. companies love it when you finance. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of like auto mechanics as well. I feel like, yeah. I feel like auto mechanics and I mean, it's a mechanical system, a car and an HVAC system are both mechanical system that require diagnosis if something breaks. But I feel like auto shops in particular, like I recently had my car worked on uh, when I was, when I went to Vegas for AHR, I dropped my car off before I left. And I was like dreading the phone call from them. Cause I was like, they're going to go in there and they're going to come yeah. back and tell me it's going to be $1,500 for all. Totally. Of and then they called back and it, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad, thankfully. Mm -hmm. uh, but I know for a fact, I already had known what was wrong with, you know, why it was causing issues. Um, but I was like, man, they're going to, they're going to tear me apart. But if like an auto shop had been on their website, like rotor replacement costs this much, uh, you know, front end alignment costs this much. Yeah. This cost this much. Then I could go in there and already know, okay, in my head, okay, this is only going to cost me $350. That's not yeah. too bad. I th that's less than I thought it would be. And it would make it way easier for me to choose that company. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I totally know that feeling. And, and I know everybody listening does too, is that we all have that gut feeling of, oh crap, it's going to cost so much. And that's another reason why it's great when there's options so that that sales rep or that auto mechanic calls back and says, hey, Eric, you know, I've got some options for you. I'm a little concerned, you know, but don't worry, I've got some options for you. You know, my top is my best, my most premium, most permanent. Allows me to do a great job and take my time and give you a better warranty. But don't worry, I've got other options too. And then they give you a price and you could choose which one you wanted based on how old your car was or how much longer you wanted to keep it. I mean, that'd be great. I had to buy brand new tires the other day. I got a new set of Michelins. It was like eleven hundred dollars, and Jeez. I cringed real bad. Right, thank you. I yeah. cringed, right? But then, you know, my husband's like, "Yeah, but we're gonna sell that car." But I, so I kind of felt backed into a corner because I didn't. I'll tell you why. Because they're like, "Well, we don't have inventory for anything else, so that's all we got today." And I'm like, "So I'm backed into the corner, right?" Mm -hmm. So the point is, is being able to show options so that they can choose the level of service they want without being backed into a corner. But with prices, be honest. If the price is for the rotor or whatever was on the website, would you price shop? No, I don't know if I would or not. 
It depends on if, I mean, I don't know. Cause you know, it's not, it's not common for people to yeah. put it on their website. Yeah. I, I certainly wouldn't start calling around just because I value my time more than that. I know, I know there are, you know, some, yeah. some board people out there who would start calling every place and be like, well, Bob can do it for you. <laughs> totally. <And you're, laughs> but I don't well, know. Well then call Bob. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So then you make a cool point that you didn't even say of, it sounds like you have a little bit of loyalty to that company. Have you used yeah. them before? This particular company? It? Nope. I you hadn't. hadn't. Oh, okay. Wow. Well, but it was, yeah. So actually this mechanic was a new one because the one I was using beforehand, I felt like they were constantly trying to rip us off. Totally get it. Mm -hmm. So you'd moved and now this was your great first experience with a new company. Yeah. And so if we're going to post our prices on the website, we need to be prepared to build value in other ways as well so that we can um, snag the, the price shoppers. Yeah. So how would you more value? Because like replacements, you know, replacements, you can put a good, better, best, you know, based on yeah. MSRP plus labor costs, just, Generally speaking, it could be eight, twelve, sixteen thousand dollars. But with like repair, something that's not, you know, hasn't been diagnosed yet. How, would you would you suggest putting those uh, those prices on the website as well? And I wish I, I there's no excuse. I need to be the expert in this and be able to be like, this is the exact answer. Um, <laughs> you know, to your point, we don't want people to say, well, your website says this because we haven't been out there. We have to go out there and do a thorough diagnosis. So scripting is always important. Mm -hmm. And so w if there was, if there was prices on the website, um, some common problems or some common diagnoses see rates like this. Mm -hmm. But fortunately we're going to send out a fully certified technician with a well-stocked truck to your location where he's going to be able to do a thorough diagnosis an evaluation and then he's going to be able to show you some options and you can choose the level of service that works best for you and your budget and so making sure that you have that wording on there to protect yourself i would highly recommend um you know but but then yeah not backing yourself in a corner and saying this part is this and let's not make it about commodities it's about service right so that yeah. part might be this on on amazon but we're not talking about parts we're talking about the system and we're going to come out and we're going to take care of everything for you so you definitely have to find a way and you're the marketer, but finding a way to build the value and even maybe it's going to take way more owner testimonies on the website or own, owner videos, you know, saying, Hey, this is our core values at our company. We believe in honesty, integrity, and common sense. And we're going to come out and give you an honest inspection and an opinion. And then we're going to give you the best options that we can to help suit your needs. You know, it's like, you're going to need more things to be able to offer to show that value. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you how do you do things know, different? Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. So, so when talking about change for the industry in this, in this regard, I mean, it's something like you'd said, this is where the industry is headed towards online shopping, essentially for everything. Mm -hmm. uh, and the reason I ask a lot about the pricing on the website is because I get kickback from, I get kickback yeah. and then I get, you know, I, I get yays and nays all the time from clients, yeah. from other podcast guests. Um, so what would you say in regards to like the change aspect of it? Just like buying, not really buying into it, but just accepting the the mindset of change. Uh, do you remember Netflix? Do you know Netflix? Do you have a Netflix account? 
I said, yeah. you remember, uh, do you remember back in the day when Netflix used to mail you a DVD? Oh yeah. Like if you think back, cause I mean, I don't remember how many years ago, right. But can you imagine what it would have been like in the boardroom at the executive office of, of Netflix when they said, Hey guys, I know we have this fulfillment center over here and I know we have this relationship with USPS and I know we have all these executives running fulfillment and I know we make X amount of revenue. Like our entire percentage of our budget is coming because we ship these DVDs to customers, but we are no longer going to ship DVDs. We are now going to be streaming online. Like, can you imagine that conversation? All of the naysayers like, no, we can't do that. And what about all the people who work in the fulfillment center, their jobs? Like, I'll just pause there for a minute. I mean, it's a terrifying shift, mm -hmm. but we're seeing in every other industry, huge shifts happening. Just like the restaurants, they had to start delivering. Mm -hmm. Groceries, click lists, they had to start making it easier. Consumers are so used to technology and ease and convenience now that we as an industry, we have to go in that direction too. So my suggestion and recommendation is let's just choose now instead of later to adopt technology, to embrace the change. And we might not be in the very front of change, but let's choose not to be afraid of it. And Eric, let's get technicians on our team that like to play with the new gadgets and gadgets and the new smart home functionality things. Mm -hmm. Like some of you guys might not like it, so hire some guys that do. And then that's their job. Hey, here's a new technology piece of HVAC equipment that came out, learn it become the best at it. And I know there's lots of different things, but it's like at some point we have to choose the industry is going to have to change. Like the world's changing. Let's, let's, let's do it too. Let's not be afraid yeah. of it. So in regards to like the leadership aspect of that for your technicians, because it is hard to find, you know, a lot of people are struggling to find mm -hmm. technicians right now. So they might not want to, they might not want to say, Hey, you know, use it or lose it or, you know, pack your bags. Yeah. Um, how would you how would you recommend for contractors to motivate their their team to adopt these changes versus you know because a lot of technicians are just like ah, we'll clock in go do our work go home and drink some beer and yeah. then show up again tomorrow and do it again they don't really care about the latest and greatest how do you go about motivating them to adopt yeah. these changes Great question. And it's not just techs, it's every business and industry too, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's business in general. It's hard to keep your employees motivated uh, when it's not their company too. You know, why am I going to do all this for the boss? But I'd recommend um, starting it in training. So say you've got those guys that don't really want to change and they don't want to spend their after hours researching. So you're going to have to incentivize them to do it during hours. And so if you have a daily stand-up or a weekly stand-up meeting, bring a new piece of technology and bring a new piece of smart something, a new smart sensor or something to the meeting, talk about it or hand it to the one of the technicians and say, hey, next week in the meeting, I'd like you to teach everybody about this. So could you go install it in your house this week, see how it works and come back and tell us about it next week. Make it a group involvement effort so that you can talk about it together. And then you know this, I know this, some of the people aren't going to want to be a part of it. Some of the people are going to say, nope, I'm out of here. I'm not going to evolve. And so you've got to be, as an owner, looking forward into the future. Always be looking at your organizational chart and assessing your risk. And my risk is that person doesn't like change. What's the likelihood they're going to be with me in three months? Okay, so I need some ads out today and plan a plan to replace them within three months. Mm -hmm. Like We have to be forecasting. And as owners, I, I almost wonder if it's a lost art. 
we have to forecast our future org chart and recognize that things are changing right now. We have to be way more accommodating than we used to have. So Eric, this is just like boggles me, makes my eyes roll, drives me crazy. And I hate to say that, but it's true. All this research is being done. My friend Susan Fru was hired by the National Air Duct Association to do tons of research and interview all these students in the schools. Like she's just now finishing this research project and they're doing this great big video on it. And so she says to me the other day at AHR Expo, we did a talk on it too. She says, Danielle, she's like, your head's going to roll when I tell you what all of the students, the next generation, what they want, the number one thing that they want from their employers. And here we are trying to recruit, bring more people into the trades, hire more techs. I was like, well, what, Susan, what do they want? She's like, well, you could say, hey, we have 401k. They're like, yep, so does everybody else. Hey, we have health. Yep, so does everybody else. She says the number one that they want. Are you ready? Did I build the anticipation? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Is mental health. They want to be able to call you today, Eric, and say, hey, I need some mental health time this morning. I'm a little depressed this morning. I'll be in in three hours. Well, as an industry where we have people scheduled and we've already mm -hmm. promised that slot, how can we be flexible? So my point is we have to look into the future and recognize that change is coming. It's knocking on our door whether we like it or not. So it would be wise of us to come up with our response ahead of time. So right away, I was kind of half joking. I was like, okay, well, then you can have a three hours a year of mental health policy. You need your three hours. You can have three hours a year of mental health, no questions asked. But, it, it, you know, it might, might not be enough. You know, it's like the new PTO. But my point is we have to look ahead. What are people asking for? What do they want? Are we or are we not going to be willing to provide it? And who on our, on our team is at risk of leaving us in the future? Who do we need to already be staffing and planning for? But change is coming, and I, I think we need to be positive about it and excited about mm -hmm. it, excited about what it's going to do for the industry, excited that we have an industry that still is an essential worker, that still mm -hmm. is in high demand by everybody, and yeah. we get to continue to bring more health, more clean air, more comfort into the homes and lives of humans all over the world. Like, what an awesome place that we're in. It's not a negative thing. It's awesome. And we're on the front lines of all this technology. Like, we're creating innovative things in the industry all the time. So let's roll them out slowly to our teams and say, hey, Eric, will you research this product this week? Here, install it in your house. Let me know what you think of it. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think staying ahead of change is great, especially with, and like you were saying, with it being essential, um, Walmart and Amazon. They're like, they're trying yeah. to move in on it. I mean, Walmart just, I think yeah. we shared an article last week about Walmart and Angie's list or Angie's partnering up. They're likely going, I mean, Walmart for the most part these days is an online store. Mm -hmm. Most of the stuff you find on walmart.com, you can't find in the store. You can buy, you can buy almost anything on walmart.com, yeah. um, but you can't get it in the store. Same with new floors mm -hmm. and a new heating and air conditioning system. Now mm -hmm. you're going to be able to buy or yeah. shop or submit an estimate on their website and then they'll have their you know preferred contractors or whatever they do for that um but walmart's moving to it and if mm -hmm. walmart's moving to it they've got some money to put behind it yeah yeah uh, it, it's been interesting watching them because it's like the next amazon they've done a great job with that and they had the money to do it to your point mm. yeah mm -hmm. Absolutely. And Amazon, I know Amazon's still trying the home services thing. Mm -hmm. I'm not really, I know they've been talking about that for 
long years. time. Um, I'm not really sure how that's going for them. I'm sure they're, if they wanted to, I'll Google it right now, Amazon Home Services. I remember hearing about that when I was with Neighborly still. Home and business or yeah, Amazon Home Services, you can still, yeah, let's tackle your to-do list. Water heater consultation, bed assembly, grill assembly. I don't see anything about heating and air conditioning on here, though. It's interesting. Yeah. TV wall mounting. Grill It'll be interesting. It's interesting. You know, fortunately, in, in the trades, like we've got all the licensing and codes and all sorts of stuff. and um, But they've got ways around all sorts of things. You know, mm -hmm. when you've got big money, you've got ways to loosen things. Uh, it'll be interesting. So I think right now, alliances are really important. Partnering with other companies is really important. Providing a great work environment for your technicians, finding out what they want. Uh, I think it's also really cool, the companies that are considering partnership opportunities for their technicians. And so all the techs, uh, it's not a new story. Like so many of your listeners have, have experienced their technician quitting and going and starting their own company. Mm -hmm. But we'd have less of that if the owners provided more of a partnership pathway. Like, hey, once you've been here for three years, you get to be part of the profit share or you get to become, you know, part owner in X percent or, you know, something. And it might not be a voting share. Maybe it's a money share. But something that would give them to work towards, it'd be interesting to see if we didn't, you know, if we saw a decline in the techs quitting and becoming, you know, starting their own companies, and then we had more stronger companies, uh, that would be able to combat the Amazon Home Services a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely be interested to see how this, uh, how everything continues to evolve and adapt over over the years to come. Mm -hmm. uh, so, Danielle, as we begin to wrap up, is there? Are there any topics or anything that I'm you think I may have missed that you wanted to cover? If you don't care, I'd love to drop in something that I've been working on lately that I'm really excited about. Mm -hmm. It's a hiring circle and all the whole process about hiring because of the whole how do we find technicians and how do we find employees and there's this hiring crisis and everybody's whining about it and mm -hmm. not doing enough about it. And so I've got this really cool new hiring circle and matrix and job scorecard packet. Um, it's a free download at the newflatrate.com slash hiring matrix. And I'd like to offer that to anybody because I feel like it's really helpful. And it's all about as an owner, step back and you have to strategize for the positions you want and quit doing things out of emotion. But if we do it based on strategy, then we're going to have a 90% success rate in our hires instead of a 25% success rate if we do it out of emotion. So I just wanted to throw it out there that I'm, I'm seeing some good success and results with that. Awesome. Well, we'll include that in the show notes for sure. Uh, so those listening can go check it out and take advantage of it. Cool. Awesome. Well, Danielle, this has been awesome. I really appreciate your insight. Uh, and for all the contractors out there listening right now, I hope you, uh, hope you learned a few things. Hopefully it um, sparked some ideas, some thoughts about change and, um, maybe thinking about it from a different perspective in regards to pricing. And if you haven't already, uh, definitely hit up the new flat rate for, uh, for menu pricing. Thanks for that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Danielle, what's a way for folks to get in touch with you uh, if they want to learn more about the new flat rate or just contact you in general for uh, advice? Yeah, reach out anytime. Our website's thenewflatrate.com. My email is danielle at menupricing.com. And I'm sure my cell phone's on the website too. So call or text, email anytime. And if you don't hear back from me, it probably landed in spam. I hate that. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe put the word podcast in your email and that way I check my spam all the time and then I'll find it. I'll pull it out. Uh, awesome. But I'd, I'd love to talk to you about business awesome. in any regard. Sounds good. Well, Danielle, thank you so much again for taking some time out of your day to join me. And I hope you have a uh, great rest of your day. You too. Thanks, Eric. I appreciate the opportunity. Yep. All right. Bye-bye. See ya. Thank you for tuning in for another episode. If you're an HVAC contractor in need of digital marketing services, contact us today at www.rivaldigital.com.